Hey friends, and welcome to another season and another episode of Wife Me Up. I'm your host, Megan Faulkner, and I am so glad that we are all together today for episode 10 of season two. We're actually going to take a little intermission today. This season, we have been taking the time to introduce you, our listeners, to some people who are really good at creating things for others to enjoy. Each episode, we've been having guests and hearing their stories and learning from them about what they create in the world for others to enjoy and how that connects to our lives. And it's been super fun to invite others into what we love here. But today, today is a little different and I am just so honored and nervous and excited and just in awe that this is what's happening today on the show. Here's a huge, huge, huge disclaimer. On today's episode, I have a super special guest who is launching a book into the world on suicide and its effects on those left behind. Heidi and I take a deep dive into her book, but also talk very openly about suicide and grief. And so if you're listening today with some of our little BFFs, today may not be the day to have this on in the car. Additionally, if you are not in the headspace for something that's a a little heavy. Today may not be your day either, but I hope that you do stick around because today's episode while really intense, is also filled with tons of hope and hopeful answers. Wife Me Up is about creating things for others to enjoy. And while you might be like, whoa, Megan, you are way off your mission here. I can guarantee you that we are not. A community of hope is something that I dream of. And this conversation is just that. And lastly, before I introduce Heidi, I would be remiss if I did not say this. If you are teetering on the line of staying or leaving, I hope that you stay. If you are struggling today, I hope that you stay. If you are in a dark season, I hope that you stay. If you're in a pit and can't see a way out, I guarantee you that there is one. If you are in a dark place and do not understand where the light is, I promise you that it exists and I promise you that we need you here. Yes, you, specifically you. I hope that you stay. The sudden loss of a loved one can leave family and friends shrouded in grief. Abiding Light by Heidi Pollack encourages those grieving this kind of loss, as well as offers hope for the community who supports them. Heidi is an author and speaker with 15 years of teaching experience. She holds a bachelor's degree from John Brown University, and she holds a certificate of distinction in apologetics. She knows wounds and wandering and wrestling and know that they serve as invitations to intimacy with God. Walking with him, she has learned to discover, to remember, to share the beauty and wonder around her. She and her family make their home in Southwest Florida. She enjoys art, the humanities, and lighting candles in the dark. She is an heiress to sunrises and fresh air adventures. Heidi's new book, which we talk about today, Abiding Light in the Shadow of Your Absence, launches on August 31st of this year, and it is available on ebook now. And hey, remember to stick around at the end of the show for Megan Recommends, the segment where we share with you some things that are bright spots in the world for season two. Our guests have been the recommenders, um, and Heidi has an awesome one for us today, and I cannot wait to do this and put this her recommendation into practice. 
Before we get started, remember, Wife Me Up is for the single person who wants to feel like they're part of the club. It's for the married person who has anyone single in their life. It's for the dating, the engaged, the enraged, and everyone in between. My hope is that this show provide a little humor, a lot of fun ideas, and ways that we can all be a little more connected to each other's stories. To not isolate or assume, but to engage and ask. To tell stories, to share ideas and to as often as possible, create things for others to enjoy. Because what actually is life if it's not shared? Even the stuff that's not so fun, like this. Here's my conversation with Heidi Pollack. Friends, it is Thursday, June 17th, 2021, and as I told you in our intro, we have an incredibly special guest with us today. Heidi, welcome to Wife Me Up. Thank you so much for having me, Megan. It is so good to talk with you today. I know. I'm so excited. I told friends, I told Heidi um, before we started this recording that I have like butterflies in my stomach. I feel like a kid right now. I'm so pumped to be able to have this interview. Uh, And I feel the same way, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) This is awesome. Good, good. Well, let's jump right into it. Heidi, can you give us, um, and I did a little bit of, of this in the intro, but I want our listeners to hear it from you. So can you give us just a simple bio, background, who you are, what you do in the world? Sure. I'd be happy to. Thank you. Um, I will just start as very basic. I am a lifelong learner who has just enjoyed um, the aspects of wrestling and being and just being Mm. a person of, you know, following the Lord in the world that has played out in a variety of ways throughout my, but my most recent post is um, the opportunity (laughs) to to teach my kids for the last three years at home. Uh, I'm sorry, not three years. Three kids, 15 years at home. There we go. Different. (laughs) Yeah. No, no. 15 years as a teacher. Yes. Yes. So I have two um, that are out of the house. I have one left. So preparing for that empty nest. And before that, I was a dance team coach. I got to coordinate a fitness ministry for a time, um, college graduate, and I even worked a stint for a congressman. So, you know, I've had a little bit of this and a little bit of that along life's way. Um, And I am just grateful. Like the Lord has us right now in Southwest Florida, but I was born in Wyoming and I've had little bits of time in Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Illinois. So um, I've had just a variety of different life experiences among great community and very grateful for that. And then also just, I, I'm like I said at the beginning, I'm just a, a really a lifelong student. And so I love humanities. I love cultures, um, you know, uh, subculture, context, Bible studies, thoughtful yeah. conversations and yes. fresh air walks. Um, in, in Florida, they're very flat. In other elevations, we get to do hikes. So <laughs> that's awesome. I love it. We in Florida, we have fresh air, flat walks. Yes. And when I'm visiting family, we have hiking walks. Yes, exactly. My legs can tell the difference. <laughs> like we're not in Florida hiding. Keep going. Oh. That's awesome. So Heidi, I love that you introduce yourself as a lifelong learner that's so 
fun and incredibly relatable. And I feel like I've kind of had this spectator seat to that journey that you've been on. Um, but so now we're in the thick of this like really cool season in your life right now. And I know that you've listened to Wife Me Up. You're a part of this community. We're Hope Writers together, which is yes. like something that's so special to me. Um, we share so many good things in common, but we've also kind of bonded over these this traumatic event that we've shared in being suicide survivors. Yes. And so can you talk to us, let's just get right into it, about the premise of Abiding Light, your book that's coming out this summer, and why this project is so important to the world. So why this project right now? Good question. Um, interestingly enough, I will start with the fact that I actually finished the book during the pandemic. And so when I presented it to my publishers, they were the ones that said, now is the time. <laughs> so, so cool. You know, oftentimes it takes, a, you know, the timetables can be different and, and, the, and they were the ones that chose the timing. So yeah. I'm very grateful for that opportunity. But um, as far as the book, <laughs> yes, like we've said, it's a very heavy, but very hopeful project that's yeah. taken me 25 years to really write. And the reason is, is because I, um, I talked to my family after we had a very, um, you know, tough loss to one of my cousins who we were, he and I were both 17 at the time. Right. Um, he, he took his own life and um, we had grandparents, great grandparents, aunts and uncles, you know, all dealing with the loss. And he and I were extra close. Um, our parents are our moms are sisters and our dads are brothers so oh i didn't know that detail. yes so sisters married brothers yes yeah, so we literally have that. all this family you know that we share and sure. he, and i do the same with his siblings who are still living um right but as a result of uh we were only seven weeks apart in age and for the first you know five years of our lives we lived really close to one another out in the middle of nowhere in wyoming and so <laughs> um our you know our childhood was very special spent a lot of time outdoors in the summer we were pretty much you know dawn to dusk outside and then in the winter you know you'd get bundled up to go outside and lots of fun right. memories out there yeah. but um as far as our during okay so he passes away in 1992 mm -hmm. and our whole family is dealing with this and yet at the same time they're kind of all eyes are on me for part of it because sure. we were so close we were the same age and so i think that there were a few years there um just in the early months where it was just very difficult for me to articulate anything i feel like i was like very stunned and yet I would scour libraries for information and like, you know, trying to understand maybe what he had gone through and, you know, just, just all these little puzzle pieces that you're trying to put together. And yeah. just the beautiful thing was that eventually, um, which there's parts of this that are in the book, but I, I went back to my family and I was just like, would you guys be willing to share your perspectives on this with me? Mm. And I can maybe write something. And initially I was just thinking it was going to be for our family, you know, um, because sure. I knew it would be helpful for all of us to kind of get that. Interestingly enough, they all agreed. They all agreed to be a part of it. I only had a couple that were willing to write it themselves. Everyone else was like, if you're willing to talk with us and write those things down, then you can have the information. But um, only oh, two good. submitted their own writings. Okay. And so anyway, the way we did it is I did interviews. So this is pre-technology. 
I did interviews with four generations of our family and took their sharing of the questions that I asked. And a lot of them were hard questions, but they were so kind to just be honest and authentic and took those and I transcribed them into the first person. And so there's this whole section in the book I call the lamp lighting perspectives. And, um, and essentially that's where they share their stories, which were stepping stones for me in my own personal grief journey with this. Yeah. And so, um, the, the book is framed in a dusk to dusk day. That's the table of contents is dusk to setting sun, which is a Hebrew day, you know, from the beginning and the end. And so that's intentional. And then throughout the book, you'll also find, um, scattered, I call them scattered seeds of, um, stepping stones of the Psalms of ascent, uh, throughout. Mm. And that leads us just similarly as the, the Lord called, um, his people to go to celebrate the um, the different festivals in the Old Testament. Sure. Yeah. There was a preparation time that he took them through and 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 prepared them for that time to do that together. So this is a very long answer to your question, which is one no, of those things that we, we love it. It matters. <laughs> yeah. No, I I feel like it. It's one of those things that I, I'm really hesitant to give the little ele- elevator. You know, here's the 30 second version because it's just it to me it, it it's it's the process, the longevity, the endurance is all part of the book. And that's part of the experience that we had as a family and people experience when they go through grief. So I'm not trying to offer any kind of, you know, quick fixes, cheap answers, um, nothing like that. It's, I I really just want people to have an opportunity to hear other people's voices and in the process, hopefully hear some of their own, being able to articulate some of their own feelings, as well as just be a companion to someone who wants to offer compassion to someone who's going through something like this. Because I think oftentimes just in general, we're not super comfortable with grief, but then you add the element of loss by suicide and it's, um, people just don't know how to handle that and they don't really know they how don't. to reach in. And right. so my hope is that the, this would be uh, an encouragement to those who want to be an encouragement to others to have some maybe um, longer legs in their compassion and some endurance in, in the things that people need when they go through this kind of grief. Yeah. And this grief is, is very heavy, right? It's, yes. it's, a, it's a different kind of grief. It's very bizarre, hard to describe. Mm-hmm. So I'm so excited that there is a book and that you are the girl that is <laughs> writing this because I think that when you have experienced this on your own and you're able to put words to it, it will be a light to so many other mm. people. Um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing, you know, the the hope that comes out of it because the lie, right, is that there is no hope. That's the lie. Yes. And, and we know as people who identify in the Christian faith that that's, that's the lie. That's not yes. true. Um, and so I, I'm, I appreciate your perspective immensely and, and even more than just the elevator pitch that there, those parts of your book are very intentional, yes. um, which is so important for people to know. So I'm glad you didn't give the elevator pitch. Good. There. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so good. And I know, Heidi, that 
you have found some healing in your writing and you've even said this has taken me decades to do mm-hmm. this has taken me a long time and and you've raised a family and and taught your children and things yes. in, in the meantime of that um but i know you found some healing in your writing and some healing through the processing of your writing yes so if you could talk to the grieving person today who who will probably pick up your book who is stuck yeah. What would you encourage that grieving person to do to just take one step out of being in that position and, and into some healing? Yes. Okay. I'm going to give two, but they go together. So I'm going to love say, it. I'm going <laughs> to give the, and the way I'm going to say it is like this, is I would say to the grieving person, I'm going to say two words and I'm going to say prayer and I'm going to say people. And mm. while those sound very vague, I'm going to tie them together here. And that is that take the time that you need to pray where that's whether that's pouring out in journals whether that's crying out on a, a bathroom floor um, yeah. whatever that looks like take the time to pray but then also take the brave step to reach out to your people it may be one person at a time but to bring them into those prayers as well. And that's a hard step. That is a very difficult step for any of us because when we're in a raw position or if in a, you know, many questions like these, this kind of grief brings up, it's, it's oftentimes we don't even know what we need. And so we would rather reach out with, um, okay, I would like you to take me, you know, something like I need a ride to the airport. That's an easy question and you can get an answer. But when it's something like this, we don't know what we need, but to reach out and say, I need you to be present with me. I don't know what that's going to look like. I might share my prayer for this week with you. I might share, you know, a frustration. Can I call you in the middle of the night if I'm having a hard time? And those are hard steps for any of us to take, but they're important steps because when we find those people who are willing to sit with us in that, then, you know, there's just such great beauty. And, and I mean, I think we get to know the Lord a little bit better and we get to know yeah. people in a different way. So yeah. it's the prayer and the people that it's a, it's a hand in hand kind of grieving step um, yeah. that are super important. I love, I love how um, those two things go hand in hand and how you're tying them together. It's interesting that you were, when you were talking about prayer, you said whether that's this thing or that thing or crying out on the bathroom floor. And I know that in my own life, in one of my deepest seasons of grief, my bathroom floor was the place I went the most. Yes. And, and I don't know what it was. I think there was just like running water there. And I was like, okay, I won't dehydrate. (laughs) And I'm, I'm Enneagram three, so I'm very practical. Like I, (laughs) <laughs> yes. But, and sometimes it was just to be really vulnerable. Like I got out of the shower and I had this big cry session in the shower and then I couldn't move. Like yes. I was just stuck. I was paralyzed. Yes. Yep. Um, but those times I can look back now and maybe you can do the same in your life. I, I would imagine you can. I can look back now and say those were the most healing times for me. Absolutely. Those were the times where I know God was present. Those were the times that I needed to cry because I hadn't in so many days because I was trying to prove that I was okay. Yes, exactly, exactly. not okay. Yep, exactly. (laughs) And and what about for you? Like, you were so young when this happened in your life. And so you're you're 17, right? When this happened? Yes, yes. So what what did letting people in look like for you as a teenager? 
You know, it took me a long time to let people in. I, I think there were just a very handful of people that I let close enough to even see a few of those early tears, to be honest. Like, I wish sure. if I could go back and do something different, that would be one thing I would do differently. But when you're in shock, you're in shock. So you can't right. you can't choose those things, you know. Um, but but as I grew, I mean, as time went on, you know, for after the first couple of years, I would say that my cousins, um, so Michael and Holly are both featured in the book in the lamplighting sections. They were the younger brother and sister of Jamie, who is the one that took his own life. Mm -hmm. And um, we, it was a really neat thing that somehow we just developed over time when grief would come in those heavier waves. Uh, we would just reach out to each other and, you know, we might call each other and just say, hey, it's a Jamie day. And and, and mm. we didn't have to say anything else. And we usually didn't, honestly. It was like right. that simple. Then it was like, okay, well, we're, we're praying for each other. And um, I became a letter writer. I mean, I had learned to write letters when I was younger and I had grandparents sure. that lived far away. And so it was something, you know, thank you notes were important. And my mom, you know, made sure I knew how to do letter right. writing. But I think that letter writing is also something that's really huge and is, you know, a lost art. But particularly in this kind of grief, even if you're local with someone that has a loss, I think writing a note and sending it in the mail, somehow the Lord seems to provide it at just the right time. Yeah. And and I had that a lot too. I had some really neat people who um, didn't even have to wait till I reached out where I would be getting letters on days that I was having one of those Jamie days that I might not even have articulated yet. But oh, those, wow. those letters arrived. So because that that became very important to me. And in yeah. turn, over time, it's something that when I know someone's going through grief, whether it's, you know, a loss to suicide or, a, you know, a more, you know, predictable loss, maybe like an aging sure. grandparent or something like that is that I, I I write letters and I send out notes and oftentimes I don't do it immediately like it's common because a lot of people they'll get bombarded the first few weeks after a few you know a funeral yeah. or a memorial service but oftentimes I will either set it on my calendar or the Lord lays it on my heart you know six weeks three months out and sure. that's when I start you know some of the more heartfelt letters and and oftentimes it's not just one. Um, and so for me, those are some of the things where, you know, you remember those, those small efforts that people made for you and you're like, that was meaningful. And I want to extend that where I can, you know, as I age and, you know, this is a new ministry for me. So, yeah, no. And how cool is that? That you're like, I remember this thing that someone did for me. So I'll, mm -hmm. I'm going to go ahead and do that for someone else. I remember yes. how meaningful this was. And this is the, what I want to pass on to someone in their, in their yes. grief. Um, I know we didn't talk about this, so this okay. is a surprise question, and I'm sorry, but <laughs> I good. just thought about it, and I feel like I feel like I need to know, um, maybe because I'm nosy, but also because I want <laughs> to know, um, what is your biggest hope for Abiding Light? Mm -hmm. Like when this book launches and it comes out, and it gets it's in the hands of some readers now. Yes, um, you know, there's a launch team, and and people are reading and helping and reviewing and and sharing. But when this book launches to the general public, what what is your your deepest hope for it? 
Well, I can tell you that um, my I have prayed about this obviously for a long time, and I had this vision, oh, many years ago, of you know just a gathering of people, and I really felt like the Lord was going to use it to open conversations. And as as simple as that may sound, I felt like you know that is something huge that people need. They need to be able to circle up together. They need to be able to cry together. They yes. need to be able to walk to even if it's I mean it's sometimes it's an easier thing the week of a, a memorial service to do those things but sometimes a few months later there's times that these are you know circling up together to remember the person or to deal with some of the questions is yes. an important step in learning to live abundantly again as the yes. one that's still surviving you know yeah and so for me it was very simple to begin with but i have had a little bit of a, a pre-launch tour where i was able to take and um, see the book in hands of counselors pastors teachers school administrators and have them in a room together and to be honest megan i am already just blown away at the beauty and the connection that is happening and people see it as a resource for yeah. this group of people. And and so that's been amazing to me. Um, I had a chaplain that um, very seasoned chaplain who came up to me after on my, I actually had an, a day where I had two events in one day. I don't know Ooh. how we did that, but we did. <laughs> and so at the end of the second event, I mean, I'm just gonna be speaking completely out of my, I mean, I was tired, I was weak and right. this precious, um, woman came up to me and she had lost two people that week and oh. she said Heidi I God brought you here tonight for me I know God's goodness I know his faithfulness I have sat where you're sitting with so many people countless people over the years I have no doubt about that about who he is but right. this hurts right now this hurts where yeah. we're, I, my heart aches and I don't know what to do for, for my friends but right. she said what's so beautiful is that you're not running from my tears and it's that oh. ministry of presence that we don't even have any idea oh my gosh you know? I have goosebumps yeah yes you're not me. running from my tears yes yes yeah. and it's the, I mean it it sounds almost cliche almost too simple but the truth is here this person is who has served in this capacity and yet when she walked through her own dark night right you know, to have the countenance of another follower of Christ saying, right. I'm with you, I'm sorry, and yeah. he loves you, and we're going to get through this, you know? Yeah. And oh. just so beautiful. Yeah. I've like, um, I'm glad we don't record because I'm crying uh, <laughs> as you're telling this story. Yeah. I, Heidi, that is so important that ministry of presence is something that I think we, um, maybe overlook right like we're like oh i, I yes. shouldn't show up there in that time or or they don't want to see me well they, we probably do they probably do yes <laughs> you. and there will be times like where anyone in grief just needs to be alone and that's fine but i think showing up for people um says more and does more than yes. maybe we think it does yes right? and i will never forget that what you just said as long as i live you you're not running from my tears mm -hmm. i mean that is profound. Yes. I love that. So your the bottom line is that you hope that this book shows up for people, right? That yes. they meet them like where they need to be 
met in whatever grief or whatever season they're in with this thing. Yes, and I think the huge part of it for me, as my family was for me as the sounding board, and in a lot of ways it felt like um, I had one of my endorsers, Ronnie Rock, she said that she felt like she was like in a family room, you know, just sitting up, curled up on a couch together. And yeah, that's exactly what I want to give to people, not only to, you know, to have the book in your hand, but to really experience um, that closeness, that intimacy that comes from that. But then also in time with the right people to also circle up with people that this would be a a tool in, um, in helping to set a stage for what compassionate endurance can look like and those good conversations awkward situations where we have to you know sometimes it is just sitting with each other's tears other times it's it's drawing out those hard questions and and being okay if we don't have answers when we leave the circle but we have each other you know yep yeah no that's so important i love this compassionate endurance thing you talk about this a lot but this is mm-hmm. that is true yes <laughs> the bottom line. um okay my last question um for 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 you for today although i have like a hundred thousand more in my life but for the sake of our <laughs> listeners yes we'll start here we'll end here i mean what is one thing that you know about god now as a result of writing and launching Abiding Light that you maybe didn't know about him before. I am so in awe of how personal and how specific and how near he is. And like that example that I gave with the chaplain, um, to have, to be in this room where, like I said, I felt incredibly weak and I felt tired and I felt like I had already poured out whatever the Lord had put in for me to pour out that day. And yet he specifically, obviously had set this time up and and we had a wonderful time and she she wasn't the only person who I had a marvelous conversation with that night. But to recognize that God orchestrates these things in such a way that is so personal to me, all of us where we are, right. particularly if we're looking to receive it and, and you know, return thanks. I think that's a huge part of it. And sometimes when yeah. we're tired, when we're in a grief place, it's hard to give thanks for those some of those little things. Oh, and to sure. me, that is such a huge part of it is that um, God is is present he's near he's close and he delights in us even when we're when we're in those fumbling places and we're having a hard time saying thank you but right so so much more so um do we get to experience and share in the abundance when we are in that place where we are able to return thanks to him and commune at that level yeah that is so true you know it's funny i've asked this question to so many um, creators and people through that throughout this season of wife me up, you know, what's one thing mm. that you know about God, and and more than half of them that He is present, mm-hmm. and it's just it's just so true of Him, right? Yes. Like it's just yep. like Him to show up where we need Him to show up. Yes, always tracking us. Yes, absolutely. Us yep. Uh, Heidi, thank you so much for joining us today on Wife Me Up. I am just. I can't even believe that we got to have this conversation. I feel like I'm a fangirling or something. Like, I don't even know what's happening. <laughs> that is funny. Well, it, I am so grateful, Megan, to be on with you. And I'm just I'm grateful for the light that you shine and the um, the just the honesty and integrity in which you live your life has just oh. been such an encouragement to me and my family. And thank, thank you, you again.
Yeah. Before we um, before we go over to Megan Recommends, where everyone else will meet us, can you share with uh, um, the listeners where they can find Abiding Light, when it will launch, when they can get it, just like the details of that? Yes. So if anyone is interested in reading the ebook, the ebook actually launched in May. So yeah. that is available um, through Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever you get your ebooks. That is already available um, for... Um, actually getting the book pre-ordering the book a great place to go is my website which is heidipollock.com so that is h-e-i-d-i-p-a-u-l-e-c.com and look for the abiding light link and there are a variety of different ways you can pre-order from your favorite retailers there and the book comes out August 31st. So if you pre, <laughs> yes, if you pre-order, you will get it a few days in advance. So nice. um, that's the fun part about the pre-order. So, uh, but it will be in stores available all over uh, as of August 31st. So oh, it's going to be so fun. And listeners, I will link all of those things in the show notes. So it's super easy, super clickable for you. Um, so you can thank get you, to thank Heidi's you. website. Yeah, get to Heidi's website quickly, get to that abiding light section quickly. And um, we'll even, we can give a link to the ebook, right? Like we can yes. put yep. where they can purchase that. Link. Absolutely. Yep. So we'll give a link to the ebook and everybody can get it and get on board and share some light with the world around them. Heidi, thank you again. I'm so happy to have you with us today. Thank you so much, Megan. I really appreciate you. Yes, same. Hey friends, and welcome to Megan Recommends, just a little segment where we share things that are making our world brighter and better in hopes that they will make your world brighter and better too. So today, Megan Recommends listening to Heidi. Heidi, what's your recommendation for us? My recommendation to go along with the my book, Abiding Light, is to grab a friend and grab a sunrise and sunset at some point this week. Um, oftentimes, a Saturday is a great time to do that. And um, I think there's just something beautiful about sharing the bookends of the day together like that. Ah, that is really beautiful. I want to do that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to take the recommendation. Yay! Enjoy. <laughs> Yes. All right, friends, grab a friend. You heard Heidi. Grab a friend, grab a sunrise and a sunset and enjoy your day together. Thanks for joining us on Megan Recommends.